You might know her as the woman that asked Lori Harvey how she got her abs, or you might know her as the former style editor for Essence magazine. Or maybe you just came across her on TikTok and now you're obsessed with her outfit of the day videos. Regardless of how you know her, we all know and love Blake Newby, and today I have the privilege of talking to her about how she's been pivoting through every phase of her career over the last few years, as well as the stories behind some of your favorite iconic moments in her career, what goes into preparation for Celebrity Red Carpet, interviews, as well as her thought process behind some of our favorite covers that she styled for Essence magazine. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Being wealthy is about being wealthy holistically. And I feel like you embody a lot of the traits that I preach about when it comes to being a wealthy woman. And so um, ultimately, though, I feel like what we love about you, like when we look at you and your content and everything is you, it seems like you just live a really fulfilling life. Would yeah. you would you say that? Yeah. I do. And I think that it's what I can say, which is ties into like being wealthy in more aspects than like, you know, what your bank account looks like is like I will say that it's fulfilling and that like I get to do I really get to do things that like sixteen year old me could have never imagined that I would have like the access to these things. But even past that, I think what makes it so fulfilling is that I really have a wonderful village that I am able to like share these experiences with and like who root me me on, you know, every step of the way. And so I feel like when we talk about fulfilling, I think what is most, the reason why it continues to feel fulfilling to me is because I continue to be fulfilled by the people that I have surrounded myself with. Yeah. That no, that is so true. That is so true. It really is about your community, who you're around yep. all the time. Yeah, yep. that is very true. Okay, so we have to get into how you got your start yes. and how you got to this point. And I, I, I just had Nana from Every Stylish Girl on the. Show. I love her. I was with yes. her day. Yes, and I always I tell her and like people like you. Like my teenage self always is like so excited to talk to you guys because when I was a teenager, I aspired to be y'all. Like I literally wanted to go to school in New York. I wanted to be an editor at a magazine, like all the things. So when I talk to y'all, I just like get to live vicariously through y'all. So (laughs) I feel like what's so crazy. I feel like my teenage self is living vicariously through me right now. Like some days I really am like, is this even, this is real. Like this is really what is happening right now. Yeah. That's crazy, right? It is. It's it's very nuts. I think it's still like very pinch me moments. I think that also comes mm-hmm. from like overcoming imposter syndrome, but it is very pinch me moment right now for me. Yeah. No, and I feel like over the last year especially, like once everybody started finding you on TikTok and stuff, it was like publicly we were like all <laughs> giving you the recognition. We were all like, "Oh yeah, girl, you've been in the game, but like now you're that it girl, you know? I'm obsessed <laughs> with my girls. Like, y'all don't understand. It's the way, the way that I talk about to my friends and to my family, like the community that I built on, specifically TikTok. Instagram is different because it's not as personal. Yes. Whereas I feel like TikTok is so personal. Like, I never go on Instagram live. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, I'll always go on TikTok. Like, not always. I'm bad at that. They be on me about Same. that. But like, <laughs> I try. And even then it's like, these girls are like, my, these are women that stop me in the street and like we'll have conversation and like I am obsessed with the community that I've built and like even when sometimes because there are times where I'm like you as I'm sure you know growing on TikTok can be very easy but then if it stops like sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like why don't I have a larger following and then I'm like right. but I have such a dedicated community 
Yes. Where it is like, I actually like it, it, that in itself is, is fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I do. Okay. So we will get into that. Okay. There's a lot I want to touch on with the TikTok thing because there's so much there, but okay. So dialing back a little bit. So when, (laughs) so when you first started um, in the industry, you, you went to school in New York, right? No. So I went to Howard. Oh, you went to Howard. Okay. I went to Howard and I moved to uh, New York two weeks after graduation because I had gotten a job with CBS News. Oh, okay. That is so fun. What were you doing at CBS News? Oh, so I was very, you know, I'm brand new. I'm 22 years old. So I'm like small man on the totem pole. And because news is a 24 hour cycle, uh, I worked four to midnight, Wednesday to Sunday. So Monday and Tuesday were my weekends and I was like a logger. So like raw content would come in and I would cut it to make it editable for news. Did not enjoy it. I was there four months, five, 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 mm-hmm. five months. I just quickly realized serious news was not what I wanted. But to your point about New York, I was willing to take whatever job was going to get me to New York with a full-time job. I did not care about like, if it was like, I, I kind of went in with the like thought process. So I used to want to be Soledad O'Brien. That was like my goal. But um, I came to New York and I was like, I don't actually care what the job is. If it is full time benefits. And so, so my parents aren't freaking out about, you know, what I'm doing. And if I have a job, then I'm taking it. And that's what I did with CBS. And then when I got here, I kind of started finding my footing and figuring out, okay, no, I want to be more in the beauty lifestyle fashion realm. Mm, okay. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And sometimes that's what you got to do. You yeah. got to take whatever you can so you can just yep. get there. Because New York too. New York is like a beast. New York is the beast. Everybody that's like, New is New York really is, is go, go, go. And as much of a beast as it seems, it is. I would dare to say yeah. it's worse. People are like, is it is the devil wears Prada real? I'm like, I think it's worse. <laughs> like, I would Not worse. I think it's worse. Yikes. <laughs> That's how everybody is. They're like, was your first beauty job like the devil wears Prada? I'm like, absolutely. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Okay, so wait, let's let's get into that. Because okay. right after that, that's when you got into fashion, right? Like into fashion journalism and all I that. I did. So I got into so I entered into the industry through beauty first. Okay. Um, which I think really was um was beneficial because I think that I would dare to say, without painting with a broad brush, I think the beauty community, which I know probably will people will be like, What? But the beauty community, in my opinion, is more um inviting and more Mm -hmm. there's more room to make relationships in the beauty community than there is the fashion community Mm -hmm. and so I I think that coming in through beauty I was the beauty assistant at glamour magazine coming in through beauty um I think was perfect because I gained all these beauty contacts um and so that was my first role in yeah in the industry okay that makes sense okay yep so then fast forward, how did you end up getting to Essence? So I did a year and a half at Glamour before mm-hmm. going freelance. Um, oh, okay. Yes. And so when I was freelance, I was writing for everybody. But it was I had a pretty long freelance stint. It was, uh, well, relative. You know, millennials, long for us is anything longer than a year and a half. Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. So <laughs> I, when I say long, it was three years. 
Okay. And I was writing for everybody. So at that point, I'm writing for Refinery29, Cosmo, Elle. Uh, I was the beauty features writer for The Zoe Report. Um, and Essence was one of my clients. I ended up taking Essence on as a client during COVID specifically. Mm. Um, and when I was there, I was just doing one beauty story a day. They just needed somebody. Julie Wilson had exited at that point, maybe nine months before to go over to Cosmo. She's an absolute rock star. And so, but in between that time, anybody that's worked in editorial knows beauty and lifestyle is what sustains platforms because it's when people buy. So they need clicks, right? So Mm -hmm. I was doing one beauty story a day, like chilling, like I was doing all my, doing all my other clients, uh, doing Essence too. And Corey Murray, who at the time was the deputy editor, um, she asked me if I wanted to take the beauty and fashion director role that was open. They had merged it. Um, Marielle Bobo came before me as the fashion director um, before going over to Ebony. And so I told her no. I was like, no, I love freelance. I handed it over to one of my dear friends, Kayla Greaves, who at the time was the uh, senior beauty writer at um, InStyle. Um, Kayla got the job. And she went back to InStyle, decided to stay at InStyle. And Corey had asked me again. I think I said no again. And then I was in Aruba for my line sister's birthday. And I was like four daiquiris in. And my boss called me again. And she told me that I should take the job. She was like, I just see this for you. Like, I just, I see this role for you. And at that point... I will blame it on the rum. We'll blame it on whatever. And I said, yes. And so I accepted a full-time job in Aruba while tipsy. And, uh, I think it was the best tipsy decision I have ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people all the time while editorial ultimately being there made me realize that editorial was not what I wanted to do long-term nor would it be able to sustain, right? I am very transparent when women ask me all the time, especially young girls, like, what can I do to get an editorial? I tell them don't. That is my personal thing that I tell women. Um, but it and was- why is that? Why do you say don't? It is, it is in fact, well, so, and that, that's the thing. I ask, I ask, because it's majoritively black women, right, that ask me about getting into editorial, right? And I think for us, socioeconomically just as much as I am for experiences, right? And so my thing is, if we want to be in, especially times like these, where people in tech and finance are getting laid off, the same thing is happening in editorial. Um, But the difference is, it has been happening in editorial for the past 10, 15 years since print has started fizzling. And so I got in to editorial when print was really on the down downward spiral like really on the downward spiral and now I look at it now like you have to think about it when I first went to glamour glamour was eight I went I entered an eight person beauty team not beauty and fashion an eight person beauty team that same team now is one woman so they're not hiring they're not and so I tell black women look if you just want the experience right and financially you can sustain just just the vibes then absolutely. But most of the time when women come to me, they want to do it and they want to make money. And I was asked this weekend, actually, at, at Sip and Slay Nana's event, a woman was like, you know, I want to write. She was like, I want to be a writer. Like, I have decided I want to write. 
And I told her, you can still write. I just don't suggest writing editorially. There are black women in writers' rooms. There are black women writing incredible books. I just don't suggest editorial because in my opinion, it is a field that has been so quickly taken over by TikTok and has so quickly been taken over by YouTube and just video content in general that to me, the juice is just not worth the squeeze because editorial, I think people would look at my life and they're like, oh, all she does is go to events and open PR boxes all day. But what they didn't realize is like the editorial piece is like you work a nine to five and still have to do all of those things. So it's like you work a nine to five, which doesn't become a nine to five because there's events in the middle of the day. So your days really, people used to ask what my days look like. My days would really go from 5.30 to like 11 p.m. And so I think that people don't realize that like, to me, the juice is just not worth the squeeze. If you just want the vibes, sure. But even when I talk to my friends who are in PR and at brands, they don't even care about editorial coverage the way that they used to. So it's like even the perks that you think you're going to get are not as robust as as they they were in the past. Yeah, that makes total sense. And even like I had done um, here in Dallas, there was like a publication that I was an editor for years ago. And I remember that. I, and that was so... Yeah, that was so interesting to me. I was like, oh, my gosh, half of the job is it's literally like being an influencer. almost. Yes. <laughs> like you just, Without the influencer you know? coin. Right. Because exactly. The, the issue was that editorial, they own you. Right. You, you yes. really sell your soul to them. Um, and that's not being dramatic because. And this is an issue that we've seen. Right. We I think about any. Uh, who is on she's on TikTok and how, you know, she left big law because they wouldn't mm-hmm. let her do so like these corporations feel that they own you. And so you're an influencer, but you are not seeing influencer bags because your job won't allow you to see influencer bags. And even if brands want to come in and work with the publication on your behalf, you still don't see the bags that they pay to be aligned with your thing. So it is, you have to be an influencer without the influencer perks. And I simply was like that, that is actually not working for me. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. That's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to do. And it's just not sustainable. No, no. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense now, though, now that you've laid it out like that, how you were easily able to transition from that into being an influencer because you were already doing all of those things. (laughs) I have to. And that's why when people ask, you know, again, because I'm sure you get questions too, like, how can I do what you do? How can I? Mm -hmm. This was not planned. I did not wake up and say, I want to be an influencer. And to this day, I, when people ask, is that the career goal? The answer is actually no. And that's actually true. Um, My goal still is not to be a full-time content creator. Um, And so that is why it's like, and I don't know if I even, there are girls who have mastered it, who I admire to me and for me, it is a little bit too volatile um, yeah. for for me to, I feel like, sustain for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Okay, so you've like pivoted a lot, you know, like you've gone, <laughs> you've gone all the different directions and I have too, so I'm not judging whatsoever. Yeah, no, That's, yes. Like I get it, girl. But what do you feel like is um, the thing that like, like what are you, what are you doing in those seasons where you're pivoting to make those transitions easy or easier? Um. So, and I talked about this this weekend as well. I think my pivots have been easy because they've all been 
pivots in the same industry. You get what I'm saying? So like my pivots have all been, all of my pivots have all, if we go even back to my first job at CBS, they are all pivots within the same thing. So like, I would say, to be honest, my biggest pivot was CBS to Glamour, right? Because that is serious news into beauty editorial. But then from there, it was like I pivoted into freelance doing beauty and fashion editorial. I became the beauty and fashion director. I pivoted out doing beauty and fashion content. And now I work for a beauty venture capital firm. So there is continuity to my pivots, which I think is important. And the thing is, I I admire the women that, that truly pivot, right? Like there's, um, I've listened to to podcasts and listen to women tell their stories and they are doing like completely different things, right? Like even any, it's like, I went from being big law to a yes. content creator. Like that is a pivot pivot. And I think that the reason mine have never felt like pivots is because it is in the, they have never ever deviated outside of the exact same passion, which is beauty, fashion, mm. and lifestyle. So I think that that's why they don't feel like pivots, but I think, and I think that's the reason why I feel like I've been able to do it so easily because again, they don't feel like pivots. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they that are, sense. they just don't feel like it because it's like, I, I have not ventured out of the space, which I am most passionate about. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. So when you, when you um, transition into influencing, was that because of TikTok or like what, what made you just make that decision? That too fell into my lap. So the thing was, so I was getting, when I was in editorial, brands would reach out, right? And they were like, you know, could you do, at that time, it was a smaller platform. So smaller deals. And of course I had to say no. Mm -hmm. And then I got to TikTok and mind you, I only, I, the reason, and it's always so funny, people are like, why are your Instagram name and your TikTok, and your TikTok name different? Because I told myself I was never going to post a TikTok. I was like, I'm not dancing on that app. So I just picked whatever username, not thinking continuity of the names, because I never thought I would post a TikTok. She's like my big sister. And she was like, my, her name is Kali. And she was like, your people love seeing what you're doing so much on Instagram. Why don't you just make videos about it? She's like, and you're funny and people like your voice. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I start making TikToks. And then that has just kind of, it kind of ricocheted from there. But then... By the time I was ready to leave editorial and could could not fully pursue content creation, but could make, give content creation a real try. Yeah. Um, by that point, I was getting, my TikTok was growing because I was doing the day in the life of a beauty and fashion editor TikToks. And those were the ones that were, and the fit checks too, but those day in the lives were going, taken off. And I was just like, you know what? Like, to be honest, I was just like, why the hell not? It stressed my parents out. My parents were like, you're not quitting. And I was like, I am. <laughs> I was like, actually, I am going to quit. And they were like, well, you need to wait until you have a new job, which we thank God the venture capital uh, position actually happened. Funny enough, I met the founder of my fund at Essence Fest because my agent, who is also a dear friend of mine, he was like, she's in New Orleans, go find her. So I ran out of Beauty Carnival 
when I had a break, went to meet her. He was like, tell her you want to work for her. Mind you, I did not even know this woman. He had sent me some small deck about what she did, but I just knew I was so hell-bent on leaving editorial that I would have done whatever. Told her I went to work with her. She hired me two weeks later at Dumbo House. Like, wow, it was just really quick, but I told her up front. I said, look, I am not signing exclusivity. I was like, I'm not. I refuse to do it. Mm -hmm. And her, a black woman who also like has her own goals of like, you know, she loves public speaking. She wants to be a brand in herself. She was like, well, I don't want you to. She was like, and it was just so, she's just smart. And she was just like, you being this brand and working for us is more advantageous. Like it is far more advantageous for us for you to continue. And so I just took it. It was like the same thing. I just took like CBS. I just took it because it could get me to where I was going. Mm -hmm. And I was saying this weekend when they were talking about pivoting and everybody was like pivoting for yourself. Sometimes understand that the pivot is not immediately out of what you don't want to do anymore. Sometimes you have to pivot to something that can put you in the position to cultivate and grow and then pivot again. And within six months of being with the fund, I had to go into a consulting role because the Blake brand had, I for six months straight, I was able to pour so much into the Blake brand that in six months, I could not be full-time anymore. Wow. So that's why I tell people, like, be patient with the pivot. Sometimes it's not like I'm leaving my corporate job and now we're going straight into content creation. Yeah. Maybe take a job that just doesn't put those pressures on you or take a job that allows you to, like, that doesn't own you and your IP, and then you can comfortably pivot. And I've now been able to comfortably pivot into the content um, and now TV space. So, okay. So when you were an editor, you did have to like you did have exclusivity to oh yeah the company. Okay, I could not take I couldn't take deals. Yeah. Oh, and I, I've experienced that before, so I already know. I already know. And then yeah. once and and when you ask when you know at the time I knew content creators or women who were saying yes, right, or like editors who had told brands that they weren't signing exclusivities, and I was seeing the checks that they were making, and I was just like. <laughs> Like when you see the money that you actually are turning down. Right. You just, I was just like, I'm not doing this. I don't, yeah. I actually don't, I, I don't need that. Like this doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It literally does not. No. Mm -mm. So you said you have representation. You have an agent. Is yes. there anybody else on your team that helps you? My mom. She okay. calls, she's like a momager. Um, yes. but I love my agent. Um, I have agents if, if you will. Okay. So I am yes. signed to uh, WME. Um, and I wanted to go to a big powerhouse agency because I want to be on TV. Like that is my goal. Like mm -hmm. my end goal is television. And, and you um, can definitely do that. You, I want TV you would girl. Be great. <laughs> I want TV bad. And so, um, the beautiful thing about how WME is set up is they give you an agent for each aspect of what you want to do. So oh, I have nice. a partnerships agent, I have a TV agent, mm -hmm. and then my dear friend who kind of brought me into WME, he kind of just oversees the account. Um, I have a public speaking agent. If I ever wanted to write a book, they'd give me a book agent. And that really is like a, I, I really love being with um, just a really established um, agency, but on the road to being independent, you learn a lot about representation too. And that can be a big to do too. So I just implore people before seeking uh, representation, 
know exactly what you want to do because I think I was kind of too up in the air and that's okay right I didn't know what I wanted to do so when I came out and I signed with my first management agency um I kind of was like I'll just be a content creator and then it became like well no like tv is really where my passions are and like to be honest it's like that was all the internships I had were all in tv like you know what I'm saying so I was like I need TV. So I implore everybody to really know what you want to do and have a really good attorney read your contract so you don't sign 360 deals. Right. <laughs> like, right. I, I'm telling you, like, I, I'm out here like Danity Kane. Like, stop. Like, like please, be, <laughs> please be cautious when you sign anything. Yes. Yeah. But you don't want a bad boy deal. No, you do not. And so it's like, I, I would say my number one thing is once you feel like you are at the point where you can afford, where you are big enough to need representation, you need to be able to afford uh, represent legal representation as well. And I have a fantastic okay. black female attorney who, who handles specifically influencer. And, um, and so that has made the world of a difference. Mm, okay. Are you able to share what her name is? Or? Yes, of okay. course. Her name is Christian Brown. She's fantastic. Um, she's out of Atlanta. She's just like a rock star. And what I love about her is like our lives are similar. Like she's like a hot girl attorney. Like I love it. She's like she'd be out. She like you know with her man and like doing all the fun things and posting and being cute and fun. And so she. Past being able to just fine-tune all of my contracts and go over it with this fine-tooth comb, she understands my lifestyle. She understands where I want to be in my career. I've had very candid conversations with her about, like, my goals in my career. So it's like, yes. I mean, you don't have to have an attorney. Really, you just need an attorney that understands. Um, But I feel really blessed to have an attorney who I feel like understands the industry and me. So in these deals that she's looking over and negotiating, sometimes, yeah, she comes in like a hard ass because she's like, so actually I know what this looks like for white talent or I know what, you know what I'm saying? Or I know what this looks like for this and I know where Blake is trying to go. So we're going to redline this, 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 and the third. So she's fantastic. That's good. Yeah. Everybody needs somebody like that. A good attorney. Yes. 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 Okay. That makes sense. So... Thank you for sharing all that, too, because I think a lot of times, um, especially as women of color, there's a lot of women of color that listen to the show. But a lot of times there's like that disconnect where we don't know, like what we're missing and why we're not in the same spaces as those white creators. And it's things like that, like having the proper representation, having the attorney, having all these ducks in a row so that we can get in those spaces or get the bigger checks or whatever. And so I think that probably helped a lot of people connect some dots just yep. now listening to you say that. So yep. thank you. Of course. Yeah. So, okay. Going back to your time at Essence, um, what did you feel like was one of the like most fun or fascinating parts of being at Essence that most people wouldn't even think about or know about? So I feel like that's a, um, there wasn't much in the role that was fascinating that people didn't know about. Okay. Um, because I posted so much of the role. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was, okay. So what was the, what I loved was being on set. Um, I was on set for all the covers during my time there and Ooh. I would have to conceptualize all of the beauty and fashion direct direction. So 
I would come in and I would say like for this cover, I think the creative director would come up with the creative of like, this is kind of the vibe. I would create a wardrobe deck around the wardrobing that I would like and the beauty that I would like. And it really, really, I feel like cultivated like my, my creative skills because then what I, what I did was I then enlisted and hired the stylist and the, the glam. And so it was this very 360 thing that I did because everybody would be confused. They're like, so you didn't style it, but you did the fashion direction. So you didn't do the hair and makeup, but you did the beauty direction. I created the guidelines as to what it looked like. And then it was executed. So to kind of watch it all come to life. And like, it, it was so like, you know, that spanned the cover that we did with like, what were some fun covers that I did? Like that spanned the Method Man shoot. I came up with the vibe that I wanted for him. And brought in one of my good friends, AJ Gibson, who was a spectacular stylist. And he just took what I had in mind and just like took it to the nth degree. Um, Cardi B and her family like came like that was tricky conceptualizing for I'm counting there. I have this big thing right here where it like oh, above my desk. That was six of for seven of them. Like so it's like those types of things were so fun because I really got to show too that it's like like and that's why people are like I feel like it just gave me even more skills right like if somebody was like can you come on you know now that I'm signed to this big agency where there is so much talent it's like if they ever needed an image consultant they could call on me right with an agency mm. like it just kind of gave me even more skills because now holistically yeah i've always been able to put my looks together but now i can holistically put together not just looks for people but looks for editorial and only essence gave me corey murray gave me so much free reign like the second the creative was finalized like whatever visions I kind of had for beauty and fashion. She was like, that's not my, she was like, that's not my ministry. You take it. And it really gave me the opportunity to, to look at beauty and fashion from a holistic standpoint and how it presents visually um, on large platforms. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually that I'm sure that's like, so it probably is a good feeling when you yeah. have leadership that trusts you like yeah. that. And they're just like, do your thing yeah because then you get to like really see what you're capable of you get to really you know just like dive all in and I'm sure that that feels really good to see it all come to like come to life and come together and I think a lot of the the covers that you mentioned like I remember those like yeah. those are really special covers yeah. and to for you to be able to say that you were the person behind that that's so dope that it's, is so dope it's great my favorite I tell people all the time like the Simone Biles I think is one of the ones that I'm the most um that I feel the happiest about, like, you know, I think yeah. before then we had seen publications just not get right with her at all. Yes. Like at all. And I, and I just never understood it. Like, cause for me seeing black women in the best light is just easy. It's second nature. I can't right. see black women in any other light, but in their best light. And so when that cover came out and everybody was like, I've never seen her look this good on editorial. I've never oh. seen her. And it was just like, but why not? Like, it, and it wasn't right. hard, right? I didn't have to sit up for hours and hours and conceptualize, oh my God, how can I, she's a beautiful girl. I just, you know, like, so it just, it was, to me, it came like second nature. But I think, again, that is why it is so important to have black women on your team. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I think too, that 
unfortunately, it's more of a reflection of how other people perceive yep. women, yep. you know? Yeah. And that's the unfortunate part because yeah. she is stunning and there's no reason why she should have been portrayed any other None. way than the way that you portrayed her. So, yeah. You know, but you know, that that's the world we live that's in. That's them. That's them. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but you are also responsible for some iconic red carpet moments. Um, you know, like the Lori Harvey moment. And okay, I just want to know. <laughs> When you, I know those moments are very quick, right? When you're yes. on the red carpet asking questions and stuff. And I know, like, did you plan to ask her that? Or did it just come to you when you saw her? It came to me when I saw her. Because we don't know what these people are going to wear to the Met Gala. Okay, yes. And so she walks up to us. And I, my eyes just went to her stomach. I yeah. was just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, like, wow, your stomach looks great. And right. And I just asked her, I was just like, what's the trick to these apps? That's literally all I said. Even when I asked her and she told me Pilates, I did not think it was going to be a thing. When I went to sleep that night, I did not think it was going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. For a few weeks after that, it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, like wildfire, it was a thing. And I was like, yeah. Now look at me. I'd be in Pilates twice a week. Like... (laughs) I just don't even like, I, she influenced me. I influenced myself. I'm like, I don't even know what it is. And that's the thing. It just, I feel like my best interviews have been those that just yeah came to me. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I truly think that the whole Pilates industry owes you a check because. <laughs> I will say, and I, you know, I am so happy though that the, the, the editorial girls Vogue did a story on why is Pilates so popular and a black woman wrote it and she was okay. like because Blake Newby asked Lori Harvey and I was like exactly you, it's not Thank just you, because she said it it's because you asked her <laughs> so the girls have given but the girls have really given like I'm like okay all right I'll take yes. it I'll take it yes you you are responsible I Lori I love you too you are yes you you the one who did the Pilates and had the abs but if Blake hadn't asked nobody <laughs> I'm like what and then she said Normani's then the longer part of the interview, I was like, Normani just told us Pilates too, and Normani's abs were nuts. And I will say, the girls are not lying. Yeah, so Pilates really—they—I'm obsessed with Pilates now. I just want to shout out to you, like, thank, thank you for you. asking. Thank, thank you. you. You got the tea for us. Thank and you. And now, you know, you have changed the whole fitness industry. Like, <laughs> my abs don't look like that yet, but we're working on it. Look, we're all getting there. That's we're a all a work in progress, okay? <laughs> yes. um, Lori, she's had a couple years on us with the right. Pilates, you know? So let she's me... been on the Pilates before, right, before, wait, long before the craze. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, so how do you even feel, like, when these moments happen? Like, do you, does it really register that that is what's no, happening? No, like, because when they stuff happen, takes off? they happen so quick. Yeah. Um, And then they, they're just buzz moments. Like, there was a beautiful moment too at the Met Gala with uh, John Batiste that we had. And it was just like, but it wasn't intentional, right? Like it was just so funny because it was like, he was walking to a, a not a mainstream publication and heard me yell essence and like walked away from the girl. And so that's why it was the, the, the interaction was so funny because we were laughing with each other. Like, I think red carpet specifically, I will say, moves too fast for me to think about what the impact will be. Mm, okay. Um, I thought, 
from that night, the the most viral soundbite would have been when Tiana Taylor says she had Popeyes in the back of the mat waiting on her, which was also very funny. But I that thought is. that, the, you know what I'm saying? You think about what you think will be the most viral. Yeah. And then it's just not. Um, but I also don't go into interviews saying, how can we go viral? I go into interviews yeah. like, how, what questions can I ask that other people aren't asking? And that was how we moved with the Met Gala. Like, we weren't, and I say we, me, and he's like, I, I still call him my work husband, even we don't, though we don't work together anymore. His name is Corey Jarvis. And so he's, he runs social. For everybody who thinks that it's a woman writing the captions for Essence, it is a man. His name is Corey. And so it was me and him on the carpet. He was capturing the videos and I was asking the questions. And we were just like, we don't want to ask them what they're wearing. We will ask them what they're wearing for the sake of the, the editorial write-ups that we do the next day. Yeah. And like, but people don't, That I knew that was not what people were going to care about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in those moments, all that's happening in real time. So you're asking the questions, he's recording, you're yep. posting in that yep. same time yes. frame? Yes. We were pushing wow. Met Gala content same same night. And they Essence did it this year. Nana did it this year for Essence. Mm -hmm. And they were pushing that content same at the same, just, he's he's a genius. And with the captions. People, he does not think about the captions. They just flow off of his head. He's like one of the most talented people I know. The, no, people like that, I always, like, I wish I had that gift because a friend of mine is like that. She could just think of stuff real quick. And I'm like, I can't, it don't flow like that. My mouth me. is quick, but, like, when it comes to, like, yes. going, writing it down, I'm like, this is, this is slow. This is yeah, slow. Yeah, for it to sound cheeky and cute and all the things. Like, I can't. Mm, I'm not good but... at that, no. no, no. I take, a, like, even captions now that I write for Instagram, it could be mm -hmm. two sentences. And I'm like. Are no, we, literally, I'm like, okay. What are we going to say? <laughs> what are we going to say? <laughs> and then usually we come to it, but usually it is not what I had imagined. Like, yeah. in my head, I was like, Blake, you're about to put together something poetic. And then it becomes like, I'm outside with an emoji. Like, it's like the, it being so short. That's what really gets me. Like, if I had to write a whole paper or something, like, I got you. But, like, something like... Condensing is hard. People hard. don't understand. Short form is far harder than long form for me. So hard. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, that's exciting. So, what was the Met Gala like overall? Like, did you get to go in? And, like, what was that experience like? So, no, we didn't get to go in. Okay. Your body feels like... You feel like jello by the time you were done. You are standing for so long yeah. that your back feels like it's like, I, I was, so what is so interesting is I walked away from that Met Gala, even though it was so exhilarating. Like we, when I tell you any, every black celebrity came over to us. Like we did not, like it was just intention. Mm -hmm. it, it felt so good because it was like, so everybody was so intentional about coming to talk to us. Yeah. But I walked away from that Gala and was like, I don't ever need to do that again. And then this year I was kind of like, I think I could have done it again. Like, yes. and you don't say that you wouldn't do it again because of the experience. I had the best mm -hmm. time, me and one of my closest friends. We were roommates in college. Her name is Robin Merritt. And at the time she was at People Magazine and they placed us right next to each other. So I'm like right next to my bestie. Corey is right behind me. Like it was fantastic. We got all these interviews, but your body, you are this level of tired that I had not experienced in a really long time because you have to line up on that carpet by like 3 p.m. I think and if we think 3 about 
if we think about this year, because I can't remember the exact time from two years ago, but if we think about this yeah. year, they said that Rihanna and ASAP didn't get to the carpet till like 10, 15. Girl. So if you're standing for that, you're standing for legit eight hours. You have to get your photos. Yeah. Most of the time, you can't get them until the end. So I didn't get my photo until the end. I'm tired. Right. But I would do it again. I really did love it. I did love it. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like those moments are just like timeless. Like you, those are memories you can't even pay for at that point. You know, like. And people are like, you went to the Met Gala. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it's like, no, I didn't go inside. I don't think I, you know, I'd love to go inside one day. I don't feel that we've seen when Kiki Palmer posted what goes on inside the Met Gala. And everybody was like, oh, maybe not. Um, right, right. But. I, you know, I, I personally feel like the real fun is on the carpet personally. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And and to me, I feel like that's where the real fun would be if I win or whatever, like, cause inside, I mean, people forget that it's not like some, it's not like an award show or anything like no. that, you know, it's not like. It's a dinner <laughs> it's with a dinner. one performance. Like, and right. these are celebrities watching this. So they're like. Right. So yeah, no, I, I had a wonderful time on the carpet though. Oh, I love that for you. Thank you. So you said that you want to be on TV, like yes. you want to work in TV. So what would be your dream job with that? Like, do you want to host or have I your would own want show? To host. So I would want to host. I mean, I would love to get my own show. Like, that's like, who doesn't want to be like, I used to think it was so cliche and so head ass to say that I want to be the next Oprah. But as my, my dreams do evolve, I keep getting closer to the Oprah shtick. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I look at like how holistically she has been able to the hosting she's acted, she's started her own network. I think that is where I want to be because the thing is, I think what made me now realize like, okay, maybe that is the trajectory that I want is like, I would love to start off like hosting like dating shows and like project runways and things like that. And then like, I would love to get my own show But I think what has made me realize is that like, I want to keep evolving my dream and I don't have a true end goal is because I thought my ceiling was being somebody's beauty director. And I hit the ceiling when I was 26. And so when you hit your glass ceiling, you're like, oh, well, that was the like, same age that I did it. And and it was weird. I know the feeling. Because then you're like, well, what do I do now? What, what, I was like, what am I going to do now? So I was like, I guess I got some babies. I was like, but I don't have a man. So I'm like, I'm just like, well, right. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Like, so I was like, what do I want to do next? And so that's why I think now I really do admire the Oprah piece because it's like, okay, so I don't want to be hosting forever. Yeah. But I will say that I used to, to be honest, like, if people would have asked me what my true end goal was, I want to be a kept woman and I still do. But I have realized now being in this season of, of true independence and autonomy in my career, I actually don't love freedom to sit in the house as much as I thought I would. Same. I'm like, <laughs> and, after and a while, I, you're like, oh, this I is know not people watching this are going to be like, what you sound ungrateful. I'm telling you right now. Cause it's like, I'll have periods of time where it's go, 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 go. And like, Mm -hmm. that was like the last period, like for almost three weeks, I did not sit down from traveling. But when it is those lulls of like a few weeks and I'm sitting in the same four walls for two weeks, I'm like, I don't know how the girls, there's not enough Pilates in the day. 
not enough, not enough home content you can make. Not, like, there's <laughs> not enough content I can create for this to not. So I have decided I want to work forever. I personally yeah. do want to work forever. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to work on my terms. And so that is okay. why I say the TV piece, no, I don't want to host. But who said it's not starting my own network eventually or mm -hmm. or things like that. So, like, you know, that I just once you've hit the I feel like once you've hit your ceiling once. I haven't put another ceiling up. Yes. Yes. It's like you don't you don't even want to do that. No, anymore. I'm just like, like no. I'm just kind of going with the vibes. I yes, have, I have yes. goals. Like I now know that there are goals that I want to check off, but that is yes. I, none of them are assigned as the end goal. They are just goals that I yes. plan on checking off. Yeah, yep. I totally agree. Yep. Yeah, because that was the thing. I and at the time, I think when I was making, like when I made my ceiling for myself, I didn't necessarily internalize it as okay this is my ceiling i was thinking like this is the big goal yep. right yeah but it's like when you place one goal on such a pedestal that does become your ceiling that becomes your ceiling you know yeah and so that's why no goal has become has gotten a right now i will say tv if somebody asks like what is the real the next goal tv yeah. is tv has the pedestal but it's not at the top so we'll see yeah. what else comes from it I'm excited. I think whatever you Thank do next you. is going to be so good. And of course, we're all going to support you. Thank you. Um, and I do want to talk about that. So of course, like, we'll get to your current role, you know, in Venture Capital. But I want to talk about this TikTok community because, listen, I love that, that was the biggest thing I noticed about you um, early on in TikTok. Because now, yes, I will agree with you. I believe that you should have way more followers. That irritates me. I do I think so that. too. It is odd. I don't understand. It's odd. Because your engagement is great. It's really All odd, of the girls. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> All the girls love you, like ride or die. Um, and I just don't understand. But you know, TikTok, they be they be trying it. They do what but they it, want. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cause like you said, it'll be these moments where you just plateau and it just does not make sense. And it's like you have to push past that hump. You do. Yep. But it's fine. We'll get you there. Yep. We'll get you there. Yep. We'll start a campaign. They gave me a blue check. I'm like, y'all gave me a blue check. <laughs> Give me some 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 push. Right. No, they my girl Symphony, the same thing happened to her. She has a check, but she still don't have like the amount of followers she should have. It's it's crazy. That's what they're <laughs> trying to pacify me with the blue check. I'm like, y'all can just push my content, please. No, exactly. Just just do what you were doing before and yep. we'll be good. Yeah. But regardless, um, once you got on TikTok, I remember it, I I can't remember how I found you. Maybe it was the day in the life. Okay. Um and I was like, oh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. And so I had to hit follow. Because like I said, it was speaking to my inner teenager. So <laughs> She needs nurturing too. Yes. And so I was like, oh, yeah, we're following. Um, but the more I got to see like your content and what you do and all of that, I was like, you are literally like what I would consider to be one of like the ideal influencers for black women. You know, like the way that you did your content and everything. I was like. Oh, it's giving. It's giving because yes. And when you went on the NARS, I believe it was the NARS yes. brand trip. I was like, yes, they, they get have it. me they with see the, big the vision. I was like, they see me. They see me. They see the vision because I was like, yes, those that those are the groups in the spaces you should be in. And that's where you should be. Um, you know, you should just be included in those circles. And I was just like, love it. Y'all, whoever did it, whoever coordinated it, they did their they, job. <laughs> they were great. Like, I just, I, I, 
I could go on for days about how much I love the NARS team. Yeah. It it looked like a great trip. It had great variety. I mean, it's like you, Monet, Aaliyah, like it just made sense. And, well, and I was they like, spared no I loved expense. it. Like you look at these trips and you yes. would think that for the black girls only trip, they would have spared expenses. When I yeah. tell y'all the amount of money that they spent on us and it would be like, we would make requests like, and you know, we're like scared to like, I will say every single girl on that trip and they were the macros. Like yeah. the only ones that weren't macros were me and Asia. Like we were the only yeah. ones that weren't macros and they spared no expense. Anything we asked for, like politely, like we would be like, like, of course, politely, but we would be scared to ask. We'd be like, I remember the first night it was Alyssa's birthday and we were at, we went to the, this hookah spot mm-hmm. and we had taken the 42 from the last club. We weren't drinking. We were like, we got to take it to the next spot. And that was before the NARS team had gotten there. We took separate cars. So we get there and we're like, can we like the, the girl at the next bar is like, well, y'all have to pay. It was this astronomical uncorking fee. And Monet and Aaliyah, the big, the big dogs. NARS was not about mm-hmm. to say no to them to uncork feet. We're like, well, we're just, we'll just wait till the NARS team gets here. The NARS team got there and asked, and the NARS team was like, if y'all ever ask us <laughs> for any, if y'all ever ask us if you could order, if you can do anything while y'all were on this trip, don't. And they just spared no expense. Any spa wow. treatment we wanted, we wanted to extend our stay. They were like, Okay, fine. It's just, like they were just wow. It was just they really went above and beyond for the girls. Well, I'll say the girls of color because Drew was on the trip too, and Drew is Sam Juan. Yeah. So, so yeah, they really just did anything yeah. for us. And Alyssa was there. It was just like it just made sense. And even like you said, they were the big dogs, but they were even shocked because we just don't normally get that treatment. We just don't. No, they you might know? put them put them, like we we see with the tart drama, they'll get you there. But how are you treated when you're there? You know what I'm saying? Yes. It was just, mm-hmm. we were treated so incredibly well, but that too, I think contributes itself to what I think I did, what I didn't know. And so I know other people didn't know is like that NARS has so many black women at the top. Yes. So mm-hmm. most of, most of the strings that are being pulled for the U S market for NARS are black women. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it just makes sense. And yeah. they, to me, that it, just as a somebody watching, you know, it made me feel like okay, we're seen. You we know? can safely, and we can safely finally a brand we can safely support. Because yes. I feel like we we the second we support someone a brand, they disappoint you. And I'm they like, but you. but my mom is like, when I think about it, my mom is like, I've been using NARS since you were a kid. Like mm-hmm. NARS has consistently shown up for Black women. Yeah. Yeah. They have. It's it's up there with the Max and the Bobby yep. Browns. It's like yep. they've just been consistent yep. and they've always thought of us. And yep. so and it shows. Yep. It really shows. It does. So yeah. I loved that for you. Thank um you. Yes. I it was just like I just made my heart so happy. <laughs> Thank you. It made my heart happy too. When she sent because when they asked me if I wanted to go, they sent a list. They were like, here's some of the influencers that have come. And my eyes got so wide. My mom was actually in town because that was the day that me and my mom shot our Jurgens shoot. And Aww. I looked at that list and I was like, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, does this say Blake at the top of the M? I'm like, let me make sure that, I don't know, this doesn't say Deer. I don't know who are the other big, like, I was right. like, let me make sure that this doesn't say hi somebody else. Like, yeah. Right. So I love my NARS girls deep. 
Yeah. That no, I just love that for you. That but it's is the TikTok. I I attribute everything right now to those women, right? Like it's yes. like it's so crazy because now I'll get on calls with networks and there'll be a black girl on the call and she's mm-hmm. like, Oh my god, like she's like a production assistant and she had picked and like these these young black girls are pitching me for big TV things and like I'm talking to these big TV execs and they have this black assistant on the call who was the one that said my name in the room or like it is that's why it's like I make a point and that's what, how I was really serious about it this weekend when I was at um sip na na sip and slay like mm-hmm. to any woman who follows me on tiktok and hears this you can always speak to me in public like you can like I just feel like and that's why I never understood when people were assholes to the same <laughs> community that sustain them and it's like I'm not nice because because they're my followers like I right. I I'll talk to anybody I could talk to a brick wall like I really will talk to anybody but <laughs> I feel like I give it special and extra care when someone mm-hmm. who tells me that they follow me and support me through TikTok or Instagram stops me because the reach and the the doors that TikTok has opened that the community that I've created on TikTok have opened is nuts. Like it, yeah. it's, it's insane. Like I just, and that is what I love about TikTok. It provides you this reach that you mm-hmm. don't see with any other platform. And so, yeah, I don't, I do not play about my girls on TikTok at all. Same. And guys and non-gender conforming friends who, who all follow. I don't play about none of them. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. I completely agree. So what do you think it is that you've done in your content that has made people so like gang gang, you know? <laughs> well, so I think they really are gang gang. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, well, and so many girls tell me like, you're my best friend in my head. Like, I think that for the work that I do, the places that I get to go, some of the rooms that I'm in, it can seem like the person doing that is unattainable. And I think that why it works for me is I tell people and it's like my friends know, like I've had the same for like, I have, I I don't like, I've had the same friends for decades. Like it's, so I tell people like, I really am a regular ass girl. I'm just a regular ass girl who has really been blessed with opportunities and, and positioning that has put me in rooms that aren't regular and in places that aren't regular, but I am a regular ass girl. And it's like the like the conversations that me and my friends have in rooms sound the same as your conversations. And I think that that translates in how I talk to the audience because it's like, that's not me trying to be relatable. Like I really am this girl with this heavy ass accent who is who says outlandish things sometimes like we all do and who has man problems and who, you know, like I am just like the women who follow me. The only difference is that my career has taken me in different places physically and things like that. But I really am. I think that's why everybody's so gang gang is because I do think that these women are looking at reflections of themselves because it's like, I am, I'm a regular girl. Um, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I don't think I'm above anybody. And so I think that that is why it's been so easy. And that's why I think two girls are so, are so comfortable coming up to me in public, like I was getting off the elevator in my friend's building and this this mom was moving in her daughter. And the mom was like, oh my God. And so I'm yeah. looking at her like, 
oh God, do I know her? Like, cause then I, you're like, right. oh, wait, do I know you? I was like, oh no. So I'm immediately like, hey. And so her daughter is looking like, yeah. And they get on the elevator and the mom's like, I follow her on TikTok. So I love it because oh. it's like, I get like the Gen Z girls and then I get like the moms. Like I just did my nail video with Pound Town. I had to. Yeah. I could not make a video without putting Pound Town behind it. I want to so bad. And to, I'm like, can I do, I do it? it? I had to do it. But all the aunties were in the comments like, now Miss Blake. Now Miss Blake. That's what I feel like my comments are going to be. They're going to be like, um, ma'am. I said if Halle Bailey is doing it and she has a Disney contract, I'm putting it No, that it is true. She did. My nail that, I like the song. The song too. is provocative. It gets the people going. And it gets me going. It gets me going. Exactly. But I think that too, like that too is another thing that I think makes the content relatable. Like yeah. when there was a video of me and my line sister doing like the, the Cardi B and Glorilla freestyle. Like I think because yes. it is like the same songs y'all be listening to. Mm-hmm. I know every single word to Pound Town. Even yes. the verses. Yes. No. Okay. You know, this is it like... <laughs> Okay, so my thing when I started watching you that was super relatable to me was you used to do, you don't do it anymore, but you used to do the little millennial pause. And I was like, I feel seen. I feel seen. Whereas, like, I have changed a lot of stuff that I used to do. When I first, I fidgeted a lot. I remember Twitter thought that I was on drugs. That was a fun day. What? People on Twitter were saying that? Once your video makes it over to Twitter, it just kind of. Oh and I'm a fishy girl. I'm naturally a fishy girl. I naturally touch my hair all the time. But yeah. I think seeing myself on TV so much, and the thing is, you can't do that on television. Yes. So I think there are a lot of things that I used to, like you said, the millennial pause or the 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 fidgeting. I've become mm-hmm. more TV trained. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm still authentic, y'all. But I can't be on TV. Doing that, yeah. Doing this <laughs> all day long and doing the millennial pause. Yes. No, it was the cutest thing. I was like, okay, yes, we're here. We're here. <laughs> because, you know, the Gen Zers, they just be on it, like, you know, and the edits are perfect and everything. And it's just like, I'm so sorry. Oh, I just set my no. camera up and I'm doing good to be here. Okay. So. Everybody's like, wait, you still edit your TikToks in the app? I sure do. Yeah. CapCut's not seeing me. I don't have time mm-hmm. for that. No. I edit in the app. They keep in the app. me a little bit more savvy. I, I now have learned, I, I, I zoom in, so I cut it now closer, so the pieces, so it's just a cleaner mm-hmm. cut. Y'all, if let me tell you, if y'all want a fabulous black girl who edits fabulously, go to Monet's page. Literally, go You're to Monet's page. You're not finding it over here. You're not finding it over here. But Miss Monet, she gonna edit. Yes, yes. And I, okay, so I tried it. I tried to do some edits. Like, there were, like, a few videos I did in a row where I did some edits, and everyone loved it. They were like, oh, my gosh, this is Wait, great. Wait, I gotta go look. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna comment on them, too. But, girl, I can't keep that up. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I don't know how she does it. I look at her edits, and I'm like, I was looking at her Coachella edits. Oh, and it no. Was them singing in the mirror, and then, yes. would, then it would cut to And the then it would, like, the, switch and then go to the They would cut to the they're concert. at the concert. Like, oh, nah. Oh, nah. Oh, girl, no, her birth was it her birthday one? It was like one a while ago, and I said this, this is professional. Even the Jalen edits <laughs> when they dove in the water to the beat, I said, oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah, like no, Mm-mm. I don't, I, I don't get I it because launch my man, y'all are getting. I, I don't know. It listen, won't be, listen, it won't be that climactic. 
Okay, now ha- that's my question for you. How do you get comfortable sharing? Because you shared like that you were going to, uh, you were doing like an ar- arranged dating situation yes. and all these different things. And it's like, I, I cringe and I just can't, like, I, I know that that's probably the thing that's keeping me from getting to the next level on TikTok. But like, I just can't bring myself to let y'all in on my business. So how do you, well, like- because I, people only know, but so much in my business. Okay. So it's like, yes, people know about the dates. Mm-hmm. But people don't know about the back and forth with my ex. And people, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you get <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's like, people will know about those. Because I I, just, yeah. I I share enough. But I have, I mean, that has definitely been, especially as now I've hit the point, like, I, like I've told people I'm freezing my ex this year and, like, those journeys. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've really had questions because people have been like, would you be a mom influencer? And, like, yeah. are you going to show your marriage? And, like, I have, I, 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 I think it's a no for me. Not yeah. as, I know for a fact my kids is going to be a no for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, well, how... And, and the thing is, it's just if you don't... And that is why it's like, if you don't share them often, then you then it's not expected. Like, that's the thing. is like, I never want my content to be dependent on having someone else in it. Yes. And so I'm like, I can keep doing this and still be in... So yeah, I'll share about dates. I'll share that if a date goes well, I'll share if the man becomes my boyfriend, but I'm not sharing. Uh, you only share enough. Like, yeah. I, I, cause the thing is I, I don't share anything that somebody that, that actually offers true, like that somebody could actually use against me. Right. So it's like, mm. Oh, Blake is using a dating service. And I am because what black woman is not having trouble dating right now. Oh, Blake is, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Blake is, Blake went on a date with a crap man. Have you never had a crappy date before? Right, right. So I don't use those things. But like I said, y'all, like the, the, the back and forth. So like, you know, like y'all will never see Blake on live crying over a man. Like that, that will never. Yeah. The day I turn the camera to my face to cry in it, y'all need to call the authorities. Listen. So I just think you can, you can, you can, I comfortably show everything. I, that's what I, I show everything that I feel nobody could ever throw in my face or use against me. Okay. No, you know what? I like that. Cause that's the same rule I use with men. Don't tell them nothing. They can't no, can you, don't tell them anything. You can't, it's like, I'm safe. It's like, so what are you going to do? Like, oh my God. Right. Like I said, like, and you have to think about like, what, what, what could the worst public perception be that you're a yeah. black single woman? Aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> aren't we all? Like, aren't we all looking for husbands? Aren't we all trying to hard launch our man like Monet and Jalen? Like, aren't right. we all? Like, so aren't that is where. But I will say that when once it becomes super sacred, um, it it probably won't make it to to the page. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna test it. I'm gonna test the waters and test see, it. You know? I'm not telling you to to you know, post the man, you know what I'm saying? Or like, see if he'll make a TikTok with you on the first date, but. Oh no, y'all won't be no, seeing any man. <laughs> right. Y'all won't see a man. Like maybe, maybe, what man? maybe just maybe y'all will get a, a knuckle, a view of a knuckle. A knuckle once. or elbow. Or elbow, his elbow. Yes. But like, so yeah, I think just share those experiences. And like, I, I had shared this fun, hilarious story on live and everybody was like, please put it on TikTok about how, because you can't use it against me now. This man left me in his house to go on a date with his ex. And I was like, oh, this is wild. 
And all, I was like, Blake, you got too much to lose. This was before the age of TikTok and all that. And I was like, Blake, you got too much to lose. You can't smash his TV. But he got this dry bag of rice right here and his home was majoritively carpet. And I just put the dry rice everywhere. I know he's still pulling up rice kernels from his carpet now. He must be. Ooh, all yeah, because that'll like, mess up his vacuum too. Because that'll <laughs> mess up his vacuum. You see? You got things smarter than harder. And like everybody was like, oh my God, please share that. And it's like, well, so I don't want to share every messy yeah. man story that I yeah. have. Like that was funny because it's like everybody's like Blake Rice Carnals. I'm like, yeah, it's very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so just like, yeah, I just feel like share the things that you wouldn't mind the entire world knowing. Okay. I'm going yeah. to test it. I'm going to test yeah. it. And I said that the other day. I said, why is everyone hard launching these days? I thought we were like moving in silence. Like, what's happening? I that. <laughs> and I said, the girls are saying that we're posting our men, and the girls were in the tweet. The tweet replies like, who said that? Who said no, that? Who said, who said that? I'm like, well, the girls on TikTok are showing their men. I know. And I said, whoa, whoa. They're getting men's name tatted again. Like, we're in that era. Like, what is happening? My I man, am my just man, my man. clutching my pearls because yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not no. ready for that. No, maybe God, you know what? I, but I was joking to my friends. I was like, I can't wait to meet a man who I love him so much and feel so solid in the relationship that I would go and get his name tatted. Listen, I, and you know what? I'm trying my hardest to believe in love like that again because I used to. I used to be such a me hopeless too. Romantic. Oh, me too. And I'm just like, will I get there? And I and I would love to. I would love to be as happy as Jalen and Monet. <laughs> Me too. I would love it. Did you see his last video that he posted like today? Girl. It's just him cleaning his house, but it's it's the um, but it's to um J. Cole's the opening song for Summer Walker's EP, the J. Cole um piece, and how it's called From J. Cole to Summer or yeah. To Summer from J. Cole. And he made the caption to Monet from Jalen. I said, oh, Oh. They're adorable. Okay, wait. How old is Jalen though? Because they're they're babies. So I'm gonna just let it be that. Like, I think I'm they're just young. Yeah, that. they are young. They're, yeah, you know. I'm like I'm 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 at now at the age where I'm like, does love exist? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm just like, uh, okay, that I'm was the, you know, <laughs> I'm over it. But they're fantastic. Yes, they are so cute, and I really hope that they like become the cutest couple oh, for too. life. Oh, like, me too. oh, me too. It'll give me some hope. Yes, get, like, be the role model for us. Okay, yep. yep. At the ripe old age, I'm like not the young ones being the model. That's okay. That's all right. Somebody right. Gotta Somebody got to be it. You Somebody know. And he it. said he said he's gone on his healing journey and everything. So I you know heard. What? I love his granny content. I love his grandmother. Yes. Yes. So yeah, there's hope. There's there really. Is I hope. do agree. I do agree. Yeah. Okay, so we got to touch on the venture capital. Yes. So you you are now currently working for a venture capital um, firm, right? Yes. So I am a venture scout for a venture capital fund that only invests in Black-owned beauty brands that have already scaled to a million um, or are on the cusp of scaling to a million um, in rev- either in revenue or in um, or in um, orders. So. Um, so what basically, does that look like? like so basically what, what I do like? is it's doing what I do, right? Going to these beauty events, but figuring out what is going on in the market. And from there, um, talking to them about what the market looks like and helping them make educated decisions on what brands to invest in next. 
Um, and where that's really helpful is that I have made so many connections with Black-owned beauty brands specifically during my tenure, particularly at Essence. So um, I bring them brands that I know are approaching that number, mm -hmm. uh, have surpassed that number. Um, they get in conversation. There are certain conversations that because just as a scout, um, because I'm not an LP, there are some conversations that I cannot be in. Um, okay. And that... But I basically bring them and let them know, or if there's a brand that they are about to invest in, they'll come to me and they'll say like, hey, um, this is a brand that we're looking to give an investment to. Can you let us know if this will be worth our return? Um, and so, yeah, it really is just doing what I do now. It's just taking the knowledge that I get when I'm out at these beauty events, when I'm talking to these brands, when I'm talking to these other influencers, when I'm talking to all of that, figuring out what they like. I think being in the influencer space has been really helpful. I went to a Makeup Forever influencer event two weeks ago. Jesus Christ, that's when I realized I was old. This one girl was like, I just graduated high school. I was like, oh, my sweet Jesus. And, um, and it... Uh, but it helps because I'm listening and talking to them and listening to their conversations and they're telling me what trends are going on. So it's like also depending on what market these brands are trying to serve or the fund is trying to invest in. It's like, OK, well, the Gen Zers are loving this brand or the millennials and Gen X, they're loving this brand or um she, even there are certain brands where it's like, you know, we look at certain treatments or things It's like boomers are like in this brand. Um, and so really it is just knowledge that I've gained. It's really just applying the knowledge that I've gained um, throughout my career in beauty um, to help Black-owned brands get a level playing field in this industry through through equity and through um, through investments. Okay. That, yeah. that is really exciting. That I love it. That sounds like super fun. I love yeah. it. I love it. it. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't feel, I'm just talking about what I know anyway. You know what I'm saying? No, like, literally. The conversations I would have. If a founder came up to me and asked me anything like that. So to be able to just to utilize those skills, um, I love it. So y'all, that's what you need to be looking for Blake for. Okay. If you see Blake, make sure you, you give her some of your product. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> give me all your products and we'll see if I can find some money. No, Jesus right. Christ, please. No, actually don't. No, I'm please. kidding. Yeah. Can't promise y'all no money. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. No, because it reminds me of you know how like when um like if you're trying to be a model or you're trying to be a singer or something and you see a talent exec, yes. you start singing or something. Yes. yes. What was what was I watching? I forgot what I was watching. It was a movie or something. Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. You just yes. start singing around them. Yes. Like when you go around Blake, just have your product yes. on you. So. <laughs> oh wait, I think it was. I think I was watching that video of Jay Z. And sweet was it sweetie? She was like seventeen. And uh -huh. she like ran into Jay-Z and just started rapping. That is hilarious. Have you seen that video? I have not. And what was his reaction? He was like, okay. <laughs> or was it J. Cole? It was one of them. Like, oh, no, wow. that's like the dinner. Have you seen that dinner with Kylie and her friends and, and Kanye and Drake are there? And then her friends start singing at the yes! table? Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm like, have y'all no shame, please. Right. <laughs> And everybody's just looking like, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> what makes you think that these men feel like doing that? Yes. So right. please don't ask me for no money, please. Okay. But, okay. But feel free to email me. Yes. Send it an email. Okay. <laughs> email, please. Yes. Send the deck. Um, right. But yeah, no, that is so exciting though. And that is, that's so impactful. 
Like that yeah. really helps people tremendously yep. and helps businesses and especially black owned businesses, beauty brands like that is the kind of work that, you know, we all want to do. We all want to yeah. be able to like help push things forward like that. So that's really dope. Thank you. That is so dope. Thank and you. I'm glad that you love it. Like, cause that, you know, transitioning from where you were, like, I'm sure it's, it's a different, you totally know, different, different speed. Yeah. Totally different. So. I do. I love it. And like I said, now it's on a consulting basis. So, um, I, I love that even more because there's just freedom to it. So, yes. Yeah. 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 That is so cool. Thank you. So, so cool. Thank you. So how are you balancing everything right now? I'm kind of not. I really am like, <laughs> I'm not out of my twenties. So it's like, yeah. same. Yeah. I'm just kind of, I really am. And I know it's, I'm trying to get better, mm-hmm. but I am kind of like, I have kind of accepted the belief that like, I want to, I'm, I'm 28 mm-hmm. in a year and a half, I'll be 30. And I'm just kind of like, I, I, I do think that this next year and a half, I just want to grind it out. Yeah. And I know that that's, it's, I've gotten better right now that, mm-hmm. like I said, it ebbs and flows. So it'll be like, I'll be busy and can't speak to anybody for two weeks, but then I'll have like two weeks where I'm in the house. Like, what the hell do I do now? Yeah. So that has helped, but I, I haven't. And I don't, number one, I think balance is a myth. I think balance yeah. is a myth in anything in relationships, friendships, work-life balance I think it is a myth and I have just made the conscious decision that in this period and chapter of my life I am going to give more attention to my career um and I don't feel bad about it like I think this Mm -hmm. is really the first time ever right like it was like before you know our grandmothers they grandmothers great-grandmothers they couldn't work right and then it was like our mothers were that era of women who were becoming executives for the first time and were climbing the corporate ladder. And, you know, now black women are the highest educated demographic um, in the country, I'd argue the world. And there's not that shame anymore of women putting, you know, I think even with our mothers, right. It was like, yeah, you're an executive, but like, there was still that stigma of like, she's 45 and she's not married or she's 45 and she doesn't have kids. And I think that we are a part of the generation of women where it's like, why would you ever give up your career for that? You know what I'm saying? And and, yeah. and there, that is absolutely no slight to the women that mm-hmm. do, because I think that there will come a time and I think I am approaching it, not, you know, in the next few months, but there yeah. will come a time where my priority won't be this. Right. And like my priority will be like, how can I pour into a family? How can I pour into my husband? How can I pour into my kids? But I am not there right now. And my concern before was, I think that's how I know that it is transitioning. Is like at one point, my priority was work and being super social, right? Being out Mm -hmm. and about. Now my priority is like, I don't need more friends. Like I have this wonderful village. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I won the friend jackpot. I'm not looking to be super social. I want to work yeah. and pour into myself. And that's why I feel like the next chapter will always look like, how can I just sustain my career and then right. start something new, which is a family or all those things. So it's like, I don't really, I don't really balance, mm-hmm. which is not good. Right. Like I do think, yeah. you know, even I've spoken to my mom and she's like, you I, she was like, you really are in your selfish era and not in a bad mm-hmm. way, but it is, that is where I'm at. That's very yeah. where I'm at. And, um, so yeah, I don't really, I don't really have balance right now. My goal is keeping myself healthy. Yeah. 
and um, pouring into the relationships that I already have, not yeah. creating new ones, um, at least personal relationships, and yeah. and and making big career moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I I'm also like I'm turning 28 this year, and I feel like I'm in the exact same yeah. age. And like you said, it's like when you accomplish things so young and you hit your ceiling, it's like you got to. I feel like I'm living a a new life. Like that's what I was about to say. I'm entering a new life. Yes. So it's like, well, this life ain't calling for kids either. So it's not. It's not. And that is exactly like literally I've been doing a whole series on TikTok called reinventing myself. Mm -hmm. And because I've just realized like, okay, I have to let go of who I was and that that she was great. She was awesome. But I'm stepping into a new season, a new chapter, a new era. And it's going to require me to kind of put her to the side and, and step into this new person, you know? And in this new chapter, because I'm I'm doing totally different things, and that's totally and fine. she wants totally different things. It's like and I'm she, talking exactly. to my therapist. It's like I feel like, and she's learned so much. And I yes. feel like, like even when I was talking to my therapist, she was, she was like, I feel like you are grieving the yes. old you. Yeah, like you are in a period mm-hmm. where you are grieving who you thought Blake was going to be, who yep. you, who Blake was. Mm-hmm. And it's not a a bad grief, but it is uncomfortable. But it so is. It's like I just feel like. I'm a completely different Blake than I was at 25. Like, yeah, it's like, and it's hard because when you, when you see that old version of yourself and you think of her positively, like there was nothing wrong with no, but she only served that time. Yes, exactly. And so you just have to let her go. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree. I'm in that same season and I'm realizing I'm still not ready for kids. I'm still in my selfish era. I'm still, you know, doing certain things, but it's like, I'm realizing it's like my second life, you know, yeah. like, I, <laughs> you know? and I love it, but yeah, yeah. I, I truly am living a second life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for you. Thank That's beautiful. You. Thank you. I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay. To wrap things up, I always ask everyone this question because it's the wealthy woman show. Yes. So what does it mean to you to be a wealthy woman? I think that to me, to what it means to be a wealthy woman is to be wealthy in love. And I think, mm. I am very wealthy in love. Like I don't lack in love at all. And um, I think that that is why I attribute love to everything that that I have become, right? I, I attribute my parents' love as to why I can be in this position because they poured into me um, how they needed to both while I was in school and while I was outside of school. I attribute overcoming imposter syndrome because of the friends that I have who look at me and are like, bitch, do you know who you are? Like I, I contribute love to, um, where I am. Like, I feel like I'm physically in a healthy space right now because I love myself more than I ever have. Um, and I think to me, that's wealth. And I don't want to say, because I don't, I'm also very real on TikTok about socioeconomic issues. So I don't want to say if you love yourself, the money will come. That's not, that's mm-hmm. not true. That That is just not true. But I think in my case, the more love that I pour into myself and to others, more money does come for me. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I feel like I'm just going to keep being wealthy in love. And hopefully that translates to, being able to buy my house in period, you know, Montclair, yes. New Jersey with a pool and, and be, being wealthy, wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so hopefully that is yeah that is what wealthy means to me I love that. Thank I can't you. wait to see you in your Oprah era. Cause it's kind of- I can't wait to see me in my Oprah era either. I feel like I'm like a little bit rougher around the edges than Oprah. Mm-hmm. Like I was literally talking to my agent today and he was like, you are out of your mind. Like I was like saying something and he was like, you can't say that on TV. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> I think that I will be like a, like a, like a crossover of like, I love how fun you actually not even across. I just, I love how fun like Kelly Clarkson is on her show. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's super fun. She's so fun. Or like Drew Barrymore, how they are on their show with like the Oprah reach and, mm-hmm. and Oprah like empire situation. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. It's coming. It's yes. coming. <laughs> Thank you. From your lips to God's ears, child. I'm like, I keep joking with my friends. I'm like, so which one of us going to get us out the hood? Like who is Stop. going to be the one? My friend is in France right now. She she just went to France. She's like, gonna find the man, ladies. I'm getting us out of the hood. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna become Oprah. I'm gonna get us out of the hood. Whatever avenue we got to get to. Right. Somebody. Somebody. Somebody get there. Somebody's getting us there. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. You're hilarious. <laughs> no, so this has been so fun. So fun. Um yes. So how can people follow you and support you and yes. connect with you? Um, so my um, Instagram is Blake Lauren, but Lauren is spelled L-A-W-R-E-N. Ask my mama, don't ask me. Um, and then my TikTok is Blake Newbie, N-E-W-B-Y underscore. And then if um, emails, be it pitches, et cetera, um, my email is in the bio of both Instagram and TikTok. So it it's right there for anybody who needs it. Please don't inundate. Please don't. Don't add me to your mailing lists. Listen. Why me do too. y'all do that? And now I'm unsubscribing. This one brand, I kept unsubscribing, and I think they kept put like, don't do right. that. Do not do that. No, I'm you know what I you know what it is? So what they did was they added you to their overall list where okay. you're added to all their little segments. So when you're unsubscribing, it's probably because they sent you a specific email to a certain segment. But you're Absolutely still subscribed not. to all the other segments. Absolutely not. And you will go to spam. Don't be disrespectful. <laughs> don't do that. We're busy women. I don't have, like, the, don't. And the thing is, and it's like, I am more, than women. like I said, I will talk to any of all, like, that is not the issue. Don't add me to mm-hmm. your mailing list, though. Do not. Yeah. Because that's not, like, that's not going to be a good introduction to your brand it's anyway. Not, don't do that. It's not. It's not. I'd rather a personalized email, like, hi, this is so, like, I would rather, far, far rather that. Yes. Okay. Yes. So don't yes. add her to your email list. Do not just email her just an official email. email. Yes, please. That is that will that will be done. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being thank on the show, girl. You. This was a blast. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm about to go through your uh, I'm about to go through your TikTok and see the ones that you said did you had the Monet edits going. Okay. Yeah, it's a video about hair. I did a hair okay, video great. where I was okay. like doing my hair. I'm gonna comment okay. to let you know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs>